All right, and welcome in, hockey fans in the desert southwest. It's another edition, another episode, if you will, of Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you here from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Zach Bondran, joining me from, uh, I believe, Chandler, Arizona tonight. Zach Bondran, how are you? Do we have Zach? I can yeah, see you. Can you hear me? Ah, hear you loud and clear. How are you this evening, my friend? I am good. You are correct. I am live from Chandler, Arizona, hanging in there. It's only uh, kind of hot today. <laughs> well, it's about the same temperature right up here in Scottsdale. We're, what, 25 miles apart, something like that. But uh, we're here to talk professional hockey. And I, it's proud to say, Zach, it is back. Officially today, the guys got on the ice for training camp, if you will, in the, uh, what, 13th of July. <laughs> Seems a little strange to say, but all the teams are back out practicing and uh, preparing for a playoff run, which I think will be one of the best ever. Just your thoughts on uh, the feeling of having NHL hockey players back on the ice somewhere. Uh, it's good. I'm actually really excited. Um there's, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on today. The training camp started, players being declared ineligible based on injury or testing, a couple of a Russian free agents get signed. So today has been one crazy day, but I'm very excited that they're all back on the ice and, and getting rolling. Yeah, I think we all knew that that would be the case uh, as things took off because uh, this is unpredictable, right, from the uh, the time COVID hit us back in March until now. Nobody really knows what's going to happen from day to day. It's uh, it's just one of those things. But we keep hanging in there and uh, and seeing what we can do. And you know, just the fact that they they made it through to this point and they're going to start practicing. And hopefully, the next step is then on to the bubble cities, uh, if you will, in Edmonton and Toronto and getting going like that. And uh, we'll we'll see live hockey again. And Zach, I've told you this before. I've told everybody that will listen to me before. Uh, I think this will be the best NHL playoffs we've ever seen strictly because you're going to have almost every team as healthy as possible. Yeah, exactly. And um, I saw a comment from uh, one of the Nashville players, I believe, who said uh, there, if there's an asterisk by this year's winner, it's because it was the hardest playoffs and they had to play the hardest ever. So, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting series. Well, the bummed out part of it for, for us was it – Las Vegas was not a hub city, but we understand why. We understand the safest place uh, probably in the West was Edmonton, and and uh, they have a beautiful ice sheet, beautiful places to practice, and they can accommodate it as well. But a little disappointing that we didn't get a, a hub city in the uh, United States and then one in Canada and Toronto. But uh, you know what? It, it's all going to play out. And we look at the schedule, it all starts up for real again on uh, August 1st. There's going to be a number of games, and – We've got a special guest on tonight, a good friend of mine that's going to come on and uh, help us break this whole thing down and, and help us figure out who's going to come out at the end of this as your Stanley Cup champion for 2020. And then we'll flip it around and get started on 2020-2021 season. Sounds like a plan. I love it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, You know, it's really unpredictable as i said but we know what's going on with club hockey they're trying to move forward we know what's going on with ncaa they're kind of waiting on football and seeing what happens and and some of the leagues have already said we're not going to play until till uh, the first of the year 
so for the NHL to get going, assuming that everything continues to roll as, as it looks like it might, um, you know, that's going to kind of be the, the groundwork laid for everybody else. Your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, like you said, college is kind of waiting on uh, football. Um, but hopefully with the NHL getting going, that kind of lights a fire under them um, because it's going to show there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of opportunities for the college college programs to get a lot of notoriety with um, with everything going on. So hopefully it's sooner rather than later, obviously, but uh, we'll see what happens. And I don't know, at least we'll have some form of uh, a skating and clubs being used on a small, a small circular puck. Yeah. Couldn't agree with you more on that. Um, let's take a couple of minutes, a, a quick break and hear from some of our sponsors and then we'll jump on. I know we've got Dana Lane, uh, waiting with us so uh take a couple minutes to uh, hear from a couple of our great partners and we'll be right back with uh the dana lane of dana lane sports looking for your next car head out to 2401 west bell road in phoenix and stop in at bell ford the arizona ford giant come in and check out our great deals on the remaining 2020 fords as well as the new 2021 models just arriving like the new E450 pickup truck during our summer outdoor and SUV sale. Voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona by Ranking Arizona, we will do what it takes to make your car buying experience safe and convenient. Shop online at bellford.com. We'll bring everything to you on your schedule. Schedule a test drive. Need a repair? We'll come pick up your vehicle and bring it back to you. Our sales and service professionals are ready to help in any way to make sure you are happy and satisfied. Go online to bellford.com or call us at 602-866-1776 and let us show you why we've been the dealership that keeps Shane Doan coming back year after year. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, Long Island iced teas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best taste in tequila, then Roger Klein's Mexican Moonshine is the brand for you. The award-winning Roger Klein's Mexican Moonshine has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Mexican Moonshine, award-winning taste since 2011. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community, offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the Fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that Fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, 
smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, Zach Bondurant. And show number two for Zach, our uh, graphic designer and photographer extraordinaire, back for uh, for show number two. So great to have Zach with us uh, in many capacities. And it's our pleasure to introduce Mr. Dana Lane of Dana Lane Sports. Um, what, what can I say about Dana Lane? He does everything, right? He's a music guy. He's a play-by-play guy for UNLV Hockey. Uh, we're talking professional hockey with him tonight. So, Dana, Scott, and Zach with you. How are you tonight? I am doing fantastic, Scott, but I was unaware of the emotion that would overcome me when I listened to your <laughs> advertisements, and now I need some moonshine and barbecue, so I appreciate uh, that. <laughs> and I have no well, idea what moonshine is, but I know a lot of people <laughs> like it, and it's time for me to grow up. Me- Mexican moonshine tequila, the best out there from Roger Klein. Uh, well, just, my friend. I'll start with the barbecue. Okay. I always love having you on because you're knowledgeable in everything, right? So let, let's just <laughs> get that out of the way voice. right now. Yeah. <laughs> let's get that out of the way right now. Uh, but we all know you from UNLV Hockey, of course, with uh, the play-by-play that you do there and the outstanding job. But a lot of people don't know what you do otherwise. And, uh, and tell us a little bit about Dana Lane Sports and what it's all about. I mean, I, I look at your Twitter feed. you got like 11,000, almost 12,000 followers. Tell us about Dana Lane Sports and give us a little introduction about what you do. Yeah, I appreciate it, Scott. I mean, about seven, eight years ago, I decided, you know, hey, look, I, I love the gaming aspect of, uh, of sports. I've been involved in sports in one way or the other since I was a little kid. So, you know, the one thing about gaming to me always was, you know, it allows you to have, uh, you know, you put your knowledge up there and either you're right or either you're wrong. And I think a lot of times, like with sports casting or, or being a writer, you know, you put your opinions up there, but there's really no record that are being kept of your opinions. And I like the fact, hey, I'm competing against the best odds makers in the world, certainly here in Las Vegas. And I certainly lo- I love the fact that, you know, there's a record that says, yes, you were right this many times or, or no, you were wrong that many times. And, you know, as uh, Danny Green says, you are what your record says you are. And um, I like that aspect of it. So I tried to you know bring that to my clients. I, I can tell you this. I, I I know there's a lot of great handicappers out there that do their job the right way, but I spent a lot of time on this. I, I put a lot of effort into making sure that everything that I send out to my clients, every selection is based on hours of knowledge of, of, of reading and listening and even utilizing my uh, contacts and also watching uh, a ton of games on television. So uh, I enjoy what I do. I am, you know, immersed in it on a daily basis. But at the same time, Scott, like you, you mentioned, you know, the UNLV thing of this aspect of this, I love being part of a team and I love, you know, broadcasting and that's what I went to school for. And that's, you know, really, you know, the other side of my heart. So I'm very fortunate in being able to bring those two aspects together in my life. And somehow we pay the mortgage every month. Yeah, I couldn't argue with that a bit. Um, 
you know, Dana, when we talk, and you and I have talked now, what, five years, was it, before even the Golden Knights were a team and that you and I That's met right. and we started talking hockey and all this good stuff, and uh, COVID hits us, right? Uh, March 11th, all of a sudden everything shuts down. Nobody knows what to expect. Uh, rumors circulated. Would there be a season? Would they just cancel it? Or would they put playoffs together? How would they do it? Can you give us a little overview in your mind about how this all came about? And do you think this was the right way for the the NHL to go about uh, capping off the 20 or 2019, 2020 season? Absolutely. And what I love about the NHL is they were the first ones that say, hey, we're going to play and the last ones to roll out a uh, the rollout of plan. And I think what was good about that is they not only did they, you know, get extend the CBA, which was fantastic, but I think they had a chance to sit back and watch the way baseball handled things. And baseball, unfortunately, did their business through the media. They told everybody what was happening, everybody's dirty laundry. Well, the owners are doing this, the players are doing that. And I think the general public really got a little bit tired of that. I mean, I did as well. I did for sure, because you know, honestly, these leagues, every single one of them, have an opportunity to fill a void in this country that is missing. It, it's, I mean, you want to talk about unity in this country. I mean, sports is the the epicenter of bringing everybody from every background together for one common, you know, local team. And without it, it's it's very difficult. I mean, it really gives you an idea of how much sports means to. Uh, everybody on a, on a daily basis. But I thought the NHL did it right. They were quiet about it. I mean, usually, Scott, I mean, you know, extending the CBA. I mean, I thought it was a foregone conclusion that we were going to have some sort of work stoppage. And not only did they uh, extend the CBA, but it also looks like the participation in the Olympics is going to move forward as well. Yeah, I'm yeah, really happy a- about that Olympic, <laughs> that, uh, that Olympic For sure they put in there. Yeah, I mean, and Dana, listen, Dana, let is, me introduce this, you. Yeah, let me introduce you to Zach first of all, because if you've seen our website or seen anything that he does, he does photography and does it exceptionally well. So we're happy to have him on there. We just named him our new vice president of design and content. So his design work is is excellent, and his work on the website is is unbelievable as well. So Dana, Zach, Zach, Dana, that's a formal introduction, and fire away. Thank well, you, Zach, con- congratulations, buddy. I mean, I I uh, was talking the other day about I need to have some more promo pictures done, and and if you're you have to be really good at what you do to make me look good, so I'll be calling you. <laughs> Sounds good, and thanks for coming on today. We're really excited to have you on and uh, and talk some hockey and then all other sports in general. But yeah, uh, I'm really excited that they got that uh, Olympic clause in there because. Uh, the last Olympics were, were just not the same. I did like seeing the college kids in there, but um, kind of talk a little bit about that, about um, having the difference between the last Olympics and having the pros back in it. Well, it's plain and simple. I mean, I every other country and every other sport, to my knowledge, I, I'm not up on archery, but I would assume <laughs> that every single one of these countries send their best players to represent their country. And I know, you know, back in the day when I was growing up where, you know, the college kids would go and, you know, they would win gold medals and that was great and all. But, you know, when the dream team actually hit the Olympic stage is when I really felt America flexed its muscles because, of course, the world was closing in on the Olymp- on the college kids. But we flexed our muscles and said, hey, listen, not only are we the best in the game, 
were the best by far in the game. And I want to see, win or lose, um, I want to see the best athletes from this country representing us uh, and let the chips fall where they may. Because, honestly, I mean, you send college kids, and I know 1980 was fantastic, but 1980, you know, we talk about it like it was yesterday, but, you know, it's, <laughs> it's 40 years ago, and that does not happen, on a obviously, on a regular basis and probably won't happen for a very long time again. But I want to win or lose. I want to do either one with our best athletes. So for the NHL to represent this country and to represent Canada, I think that's best for the sport because, especially in in hockey, where you know we love it and a lot of people you know obviously love it, but it, it is still the fourth sport in this country and it needs that kind of stage just like in baseball it, it kind of drives me crazy in baseball that we don't send our best to the olympics when baseball was a thing in the olympics i want to see our best athletes on the biggest stage representing our country yeah i couldn't agree with you more and i mean every year about every Second year, I always think, okay, where let's see the U.S. players. What U.S. players are around there? Let's start making a depth chart. I get crazy about the Olympics. So, yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Scott, you got something for him? Oh, absolutely. Dana and I could go on for hours, so don't, don't open that window too wide. <laughs> oh, boy. It's been open. Here we go. <laughs> okay, so, so Dana, I wanted to get your thoughts on, first of all, the play-in series, if you will, or series that are coming up for the uh, the NHL, uh, and then the four teams in each conference that uh, are going to play the little round robin for positioning. But uh, you said you like the fact that they're, they're they got back into action. Do you like this format? Sure, well, I, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I the only thing, and I was you know talking about this a little bit today. The only thing I don't love is this seeding process amongst the top four. I mean. Uh, you know, the fourth place team and off the top of my head, I think the fourth place team in each conference is 12 points behind the leader in the conference. And, and so to give them this little bit of a, a tournament in order to make up those 12 points, I, I'm not sure I'm down with that. But with that being said, uh, you know, if you're the Boston Bruins, you, you got to win these games anyway. You got to beat these teams anyway. And uh, I just don't, I just feel like the Bruins, uh, for example, have earned that top spot. They were eight points ahead of Tampa Bay. I think they've earned that top spot, and I think the top four should be seated as such. It's yeah, interesting. I guess I would agree with you on that. Go ahead, Zay. Yeah, it's interesting he says that because it's um, – I definitely agree. Like I like that he said the Bruins were the best team and they should have that top spot. But I kind of like the the round robin because it kind of creates a little bit of the unknown that's going to happen within the uh, the play-in series, though. There's no doubt about it. And, and it's not that I don't like it. I, I just, you know, for instance, okay, the St. Louis Blues are 49 42-29 this year. And, and now we're giving, um, you know, we're giving teams that are barely over 500, which is a little bit skewed in the NHL the way they keep track of their standings. But you know, for instance, we're giving Winnipeg, who is barely a 500 team, an opportunity to, you know, be involved in that sort of thing, be involved where, you know, St. Louis basically is who has a 14-point lead over Winnipeg, has the opportunity of, of knocking them off. I, I'm not sure after 71 games 
that we can do a four-team round robin and all of a sudden eliminate what those teams did for 71 games. It would be different if we played 20 games or if we played 30 games, but you know they played 90% of their schedule. That is a fair point. Yeah, to see to see Winnipeg come in and play the Blues, it uh, might be a slanted sheet of ice, but we'll see how it goes. Now, I will say this, though. I, I mean, it really isn't all that big of a deal because it's not like we're fighting for home ice advantage here. So it's not it's all that big of a deal. Uh, it's just in the seedings, uh, however it works out. I mean, I think they're – Outside of the quality of the hotel that you're staying in, if you don't know about that, whoever's listening, check that out. But uh, outside of the quality of the hotel that you're staying in, I think there should be a little bit of, a, uh, you know, perhaps uh, maybe even a buy into that uh, into that next round without having to play each other. I mean, I, I sure as heck would hate, you know, if I'm Boston and see a Bergeron or, you know, a Marchand go out and, and playing what essentially is, uh, you know, meaningless games against uh, those four teams or three other teams. Yeah. And that's a good point too. You think the guys, the, the round Robin guys are going to maybe hold back a little bit since they already know, and then make a big push to, to win the cup. Uh, You know, perhaps, I I mean, if in my perfect world, I would have, you know, uh, Vegas, Edmonton, Calgary, you know, Vancouver, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, St. Louis, Colorado, Vegas, and Edmonton, um, I would have, I guess Dallas is in the mix too. I'm just trying to go off the top of my head. But, you know, I would have those guys have a buy into the second round and then, you know, play some more exhibition games against each other perhaps, but not, okay. make, it, not, not make it so much of a, of a qualifier. Because, uh, honestly, if you're, having a, if you're having a season like Boston or if you even want to get off of Boston and say if you're having a season like, uh, like St. Louis, who's second in the league, I mean, really, should they not have the the top spot after 71 games and a game in hand over Colorado? True. And, Dana, when, when we look at it, a couple of things that really excite me uh, personally about the playoffs this year is the fact that, uh, and I mentioned this several times as well, but every team is going to come in as close to 100% as possible. That's one. Yeah. Two, two is they've got extra players, so God forbid anybody should go down there's a number of players. Uh, I'm just looking at the Coyotes roster, for example. I was just going to say, there's a perfect example. Because yeah. <laughs> what have they got? Nine, nine Coyotes in camp today, or uh, uh, in camp today? Eight or nine. Yeah, eight or nine. Um, so I mean, there's a case <laughs> where you've got these young guys that are going to not only be there for practice to push, and and I saw a little bit of it today, so I know they were pushing, um, but. It just gives the opportunity to have so many guys involved, and I don't think that can hurt down the road as far as the quality of the NHL. And then, then from a fan perspective, when uh, August first hits and we're seeing five to maybe six games a day, some days, and going you know, to do that for nine or ten straight days, I mean yeah. that that's just like uh, a fantasy wish, isn't it? Well, Scott, from a handicapping standpoint, you put more emphasis on these preseason games because they're going to play these preseason games fairly close. I mean, I don't think we're trying to find different line combinations unless you're a guy coming back and, you know, trying to mesh with a a specific line. But I mean, preseason games are more meaningful than normal. If you watch a preseason game in September, you really can take very little of it and apply it to any kind of handicapping technique, you know, come October. But I think this is, this is a, you know, obviously a different animal where, 
if you're trying to put a little bit of more money in your pocket, I would watch these preseason games because they are going to tell you exactly what team you're going to get. I wouldn't wait to the regular season, and, and the longer you wait, or if you, you know, take the time to watch these preseason games, preseason games, I think you get a jump um, on uh, uh, kind of knowing what you're going to get. But also, physical condition is huge in these games. I love to hear like every coach today is saying it was the greatest practice they've ever <laughs> seen in their entire lives. Okay, we know right? that. I want to see what practice number three says. I mean, I know you know Tockett was talking about how you know guys were flying around and he expected you know people you know guys to be winded by the middle of practice and it really didn't work out that way. He was very excited, but every coach that I've listened to today um, have said that same thing. Now. Uh, another point from a handicapping standpoint as well, when you look at goaltending, I don't think you can say, you know, you can a little bit, but I don't think you can point to, okay, this is where this guy ended up. Um, as much as you can, you should really focus on, is this guy a, a quick starter? What was, what is his records in October and November? How does he do when the season restarts again? Because that's really telling me what's between the ears. And if we have a goaltender that I can rely on from the, on, on, from the start, or do I have to wait for him to get warmed up a little bit? So that's kind of the things I've been doing today is going back and looking at goaltenders that have, that are hot starting goaltenders that I can rely on from the beginning. And then of course you have, like in New York, you have a couple other you have cases where you know guys that you think would start, uh, like Lundqvist, you would think he would start because of you know two-time All-Star and his pedigree, but that probably is not going to be the case in New York. So you do have to pay attention uh, to what is going on. But typically, uh, I think you're going to know game one or game two exactly what you have here. And the other thing you have to look for is, are there going to be teams that are kind of not really wanting to be there. There, there. there are, believe me, there will be locker rooms with guys that say, hey, I'm here uh, for whatever reason, but I don't really want to be here. And those are, you know, they may be some teams that are higher seated teams that really just don't have their heart in it. So don't go all in on Vegas and don't go all in on Tampa Bay because you don't know, you know what's in the heart yet. And I need to see some games before I can identify that. Yeah, and it's interesting that you talk about the goalie situation and making sure you're paying attention because um, Corey Crawford was just um, put on the list of he, he won't be able to play, yeah. and now that leaves Chicago yeah. in a place where I'm looking at their roster now, and the biggest name that jumps out is Malcolm Subban, and he was a backup right. for Vegas. So um, how does that kind of play into the scenario? Okay, so what, is, what does that do for you on your end? Uh, well, that's a you know that's a great point, and it's it's tough from a Chicago standpoint because you know Corey Crawford for now at least is deemed unfit. Um, he's a guy that played you know played in their last eight games, so I mean I think he was going to be the guy that they were going to rely on. But you know you're looking at Malcolm Subban, and again we go back to what kind of a starter is Malcolm Subban? Well, not very good. Uh, he's six and six eleven and two in October and November. Uh, in his last 19 games, he's played. He has played great against uh, the Oilers, at least record-wise. But if you kind of dive into the numbers a little bit more, you realize, well, yeah, record win-loss-wise, I, I think he's two and one. But boy, they had to score, score a lot of goals to get those uh, two wins for him. And and Colin Delia played for Rockford this season. He had decent numbers, but 
um, and has some success in Chicago, but it's been a long time since he's had that success. He still hasn't proven to be uh, reliable. And uh, Kevin Lankinen has no engine NHL experience and, you know, just really hasn't found his way since coming over for Finland. And of course he's had some shoulder issues as well. Now, Stan Bowman says, or GM says, well, we're going we're gonna to rotate all these guys. Okay, great. I, I don't see anybody in this rotation right now that I'm going to feel comfortable. I mean, I, I don't know if you got more because, you know, the Blackhawks at one time pulled somebody out of the rafters, so maybe we should put them on rotation as well. But there's nothing about this right now. Uh, ironically enough, they got Malcolm Subban, and you know, they probably would rather have Robin Leonard at this time. But um, there's nothing about this right now that makes me feel good for the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, and the only thing I could say is that Colin Dilly, a shout-out to that guy. He, was, uh, he went to the high school right up the street from me. So uh, that's Well, there cool. you go. There you go. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm marking that down as we speak. And that will be one of my that, That's some points. serious points right there. <laughs> Glendora <laughs> High School. <laughs> Isn't she the good witch or something? Glenda. Glenda's the good Glenda, witch. Glenda, sorry. <laughs> see, see, when I make jokes, it's, it just doesn't go well. <laughs> okay, as long as we're on goaltenders, everybody out here in the Southwest wants to know about uh, the Vegas goaltenders and the Coyote goaltenders. We both know the talent in the four that we think are going to be the uh, the mainstays, but health has been an issue, uh, age has been an issue, and you already talked about fast starts and not not fast starters. So let, let's start with the Golden Knights where you are. What what's your thoughts on the goaltending? How good are they, and how good will they have to be to see success for the Golden Knights? Well, I think they're fine in goaltending, Scott. I mean, honestly, uh, there was some talk that uh, you know somebody even brought up on a national uh, national broadcast like. Hey, we we're gonna. It's gonna be interesting to see whether or not Flurry or Robin Leonard starts. Interesting. <laughs> Mark Andre yeah. Flurry is starting this playoff. There, it's no oh, for sure. There's yeah. no whatever happens. You know, it's it's gonna be. You know, we're gonna have to wait and see. Mark Andre Flurry is going to start the the postseason for the for the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, what is interesting with Flurry is he's got two years left. He makes seven million per. Uh, they won't have a ton of co- uh, cap space. But um, with, with any contracts falling off this year, but are they in a position to get rid of a Flurry or a Stastny, Alec Martinez, who has been absolutely fantastic for them? Maybe somebody with a year left on their deals that they can move as well. Uh, I do know this. Let the conspiracy theories, uh, you know, fly. That Flurry was not at practice today, which was, you know, being labeled as a maintenance day. I don't know how much maintenance you need after all this time. <laughs> on the first day of training camp. <laughs> That's interesting. I, yeah, I know when I walk downstairs, I need a maintenance day already because uh, I, I'm still a little sore from doing nothing but um <laughs> so he's got a maintenance day and i listen guys I, I understand robin leonard was a vezina final a finalist last year i know he had a great year for the islanders but i just need to see more of him and of course you have to be a little bit apprehensive to give him a long-term deal especially in this town and i'm not trying to to get you know conjure up anything other than you know historical fact uh, but I do think that uh, you have teams like Detroit that are also interested in him as well. So we will see exactly how the goaltending situation um, you know, pans out. But there is absolutely – I was talking to 
you know, somebody today. And I said, he said, yeah, Flurry's on a short leash. And I said, okay, so if he loses the first game 2-1 or 3-1, gives up with an empty netter, he's on a short leash. I mean, these are short series. I'm not going – I don't know which game you're going to go to Robin Leonard in unless it's, you know, 7-1 games or 5-1 games and he just doesn't look sharp. Believe me. Mark Andre Fleury is going to be leaned on. There's no way they're going to Robin Leonard as their number one goaltender. And I know, I know what happened in Chicago years back with with, with Darling and Crawford. This is not that. I'm leaning on Fleury. There's no expectation of anything else. But uh, it is going to be interesting what they're going to do goaltending wise. I'm not. You know, there's some been some talk about Fleury going back to Pittsburgh. I know that's been around for for a long time. I'm not sure that that's happening. Honestly, if you're going to give Robin Leonard, who probably will command, you know, five, six million, maybe a little bit more in his next deal, I'm not sure you're giving him more than three years. Well, if that, if at that point, why don't you just give Fleury a three year deal and extend them? And, you know, I'm more than happy to have Mark Andre Fleury as my goaltender. And if you're as ex- excited about Oscar Danska as everybody seems to be, then that seems to be around the time that he should be able to, uh, to take over. It's very true, and I'm not exactly sure on all the stipulations for the expansion draft for Seattle, but could that be a situation where Marc-Andre Fleury gets exposed in order to clear up that cap space and be a goalie that goes to two expansion teams? Yeah, it's it's my understanding that Vegas is not going to be part of that. Being ex- they will not have to expose anybody. I mean, gotcha, okay. That, but, uh, I, yeah, let me uh, not have to be part of that. Let me let me throw that into Mr. Bill Foley and, and GM GM on that one. What a what a deal they cut to make sure. I mean, you want to talk about money? That that's what that deal was all about was protecting your assets by uh, giving up assets. And yeah. when I'm talking real assets, cash assets, yeah, uh, isn't that right, Dana? As far as you know. Well, yeah, and talk about listen when when the NHL said yes to Las Vegas, they were saying. Not only yes to Las Vegas, but we almost have to, we want to ensure that you're going to have success. So not only, they, they've had a tremendous amount of draft picks. They have uh, three, they have five draft picks coming up this year. They have three in the first two rounds next year. And of course, their usual allotment in 2022 with a, a fifth rounder from Buffalo. So um Honestly, the NHL has really put them in a position to be successful over a long period of time because the worst thing was, uh, the worst thing would be is for Vegas to come into the league and, and struggle for years and, and not find any success. Unfortunately, you know, this is, a, this is a town where people want you to win and they want you to win right away. Now, but there was a lot of people that were more than willing to, you know, wait around and watch this thing being built up, but you know, now you go to the Stanley Cup final your first year. It's probably the worst thing you could have done. And now everybody's like, well, look how easy it is. <laughs> it's like UNLV right. basketball. <laughs> I mean, UNLV basketball thinks, you know, it was you know two years ago where they won the title, but now it's 30 years ago. But we still, you know, we we as a, as a city still hang on to that for sure. But uh, they have some cap space issues. That's for, that's for sure. I mean, yeah. there's not a lot of guys that are going to be, falling off next year to give them some room. So I do think I do anticipate a big name uh, going in a, in a deal next year. I'm just not sure it's Marc-Andre Fleury. I think okay, it's more so, likely uh, that it's going to be a, a, a guy like Paul Stastny. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. 
Um, so let's talk Coyotes goaltending. What do you know about the two Coyotes goaltenders? And, uh, you know, we know one thing's for certain. They both had their share of injuries. And uh, when they're sharp, they're really sharp. And when they're injured or uh, not able to play, it really hurts the roster. Yeah, I mean – I don't know. I mean, you're closer to it, Scott. But I mean, are they really? Are they relying on Darcy Kemper? I mean, is that the plan? Uh, <laughs> that that sure sounds like the plan. I mean, I guess it's subject to change. But uh, Darcy would be number one, I guess, right now, uh, health wise. But yeah. like I said, they both had injuries so frequently lately that it's just hard to know. Even in the shortened playoff part of it, how long can they hold up? How well oh. can they hold up? <laughs> Yeah, uh, Scott, it, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's been a long time and my memory's a little faded from sports, but I can tell you this, that the last time I remember watching Darcy Kemper, he, he did not end on a, on a positive note. In fact, I remember <laughs> giving up seven to Minnesota. I think he's, he was, he's lost five out of his last seven games. And I, I think that's a real issue there. Now, the plus side for Arizona is, you know, just about all season, there was this you're trying to get the the offense to have some consistency on a nightly basis and, and overall if you're taking a look at the overall picture of, of the coyotes offensively they didn't look good at all but correct me if i'm wrong scott but i think at the end they were playing some of their best hockey from an offensive standpoint as as they had in years yeah they were just starting to come around um one thing I did like uh, right now is that a lot of their nagging injuries, and one of them was Phil Kessel had a nagging injury since day one of the season. Uh, it looked a lot better today in practice from what I saw. Yeah. Uh, his jump was there. He was ready to go. And when you find out it was a lower body injury that was nagging him the whole time, and he said he just didn't feel comfortable, uh, it showed on the ice. Uh, and then Taylor Hall was just looking for somebody to play with. Uh, you could put him with Connor Garland, but I don't know uh, in the middle between Connor and uh, and uh, Taylor that you can find that right guy yet. I think they're still looking for that top line center. They used Dvorak quite a bit um, as a, as that guy, but I just don't think he. I think he's a one A. I don't think he's a one. And uh, Taylor Hall needs that guy that can get him the puck. If you can get him the puck, he can shoot the puck. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you look up and down that roster. Um, I, I mean, I'm not sure I'm putting a Nick Schmalls in there. I'm not sure, you know, step on. I, I just, I, I honestly, I love that top line. And I think Taylor Hall, you talk about guys that were playing their, their best hockey. Now, I don't know what the future is going to hold for this guy, but I do know this that he was playing well. Connor Garland was playing well. They even got. They even had some depth depth with, with Clayton Keller. I thought was playing his best hockey. Uh, the Schmalls line was good. Kessel was, was playing well. Maybe even that second line was playing better than the first line was. And the other thing about it too, you were starting to get some points from the blue line. I mean, Ekman Larson yeah. was giving you giving you stuff, and yes. you know, not not many else as far as uh, as far as goals were concerned. But you know, Jalmerson and. Uh, even uh, you know Chitrin. I mean, they were they were not only putting a puck in the back of the net, but they were racking up assist points as well. I really liked where Arizona left off, and I know there's a lot of people that say, "Well, you know, goals are really going to be a premium at this in, in this um, 
in, a, in that series against Nashville. But honestly, I don't I don't know if I'm going to go into it thinking that because um, I don't think Nashville was as strong, at least defensively on the back end, as they were in previous season. And of course, offensively on the blue line that they were, but. You know, the Preds were 16th in the league in shots allowed. Arizona was 23rd in shots allowed. So I think there's going to be a lot. Of, I, I think it's going to come down to goaltending more than it is, it, more than it is, is uh, how many one nothing games can Nashville win. I, I don't think either team lit it up offensively, but I do think from an Arizona standpoint, they were playing the best that they had all season. And I'm really looking forward to see if they can carry that over to this uh, this playoff series. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned the goaltending aspect of it for the Yotes. Um, and we had Steve Podvin on the AHL uh, assistant coach for the Roadrunners. And I looked at the roster, and they have Hill, and I hope I'm saying this right, Proestov. Pro uh, they're bringing them along. So I'm also not opposed to maybe one of those guys hopping into a game and seeing what they do. Uh, as Kemper and Ranta have had some some health issues going on the the whole season. Yeah, I, I mean, again, I I just think it comes down to your goaltender. I, I was not happy with what if I was a Yotes fan, I wasn't going to be happy with what I got from Darcy Kemper. I wasn't happy with what Ante Ranta was giving me. Um, I, you know, I, Rick Tockett, I love him as a coach. I think Carl Soderberg, a guy that a lot of people were not talking about, they he gave that fourth line some punch, uh, which has been a problem for them all season. But it does look like they have put a bandaid on that offensive uh, on that offensive end. Plus, you, know, you got to look forward. To, there's you know if you're reading around the Arizona uh, you know newspapers, there's some people that are kind of hold on a minute, up. hold on a minute. Arizona has newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me, okay, me, uh, that was too easy. I'm sorry. Let me tell you something, Scott. This is what I do. I wake up every day and I go out and I get my newspaper. Not that I feel like I'm going to be informed. Not that I feel like it, you know, and not that I'm cutting out coupons. It is the actual process of going out to get my newspaper that I enjoyed as a kid and I will continue to because I think it, you go to the store and you're paying two dollars a day and i can pay three dollars a week so i still open it i like to open it up i still like newspapers i still like cds and i will not apologize for either one <laughs> and by the way i hear okay. brock besser might be on your radar yeah you yeah he's a good one he's a good one let me tell you let me tell you two things from the coyote standpoint um that i think are going to be difference makers uh oliver ekman larson was coming off of a knee surgery at the start of the season he was right when they halted the season. He immediately went back to Sweden. Sweden didn't have a shutdown, so he skated and practiced pretty much every day in Sweden before he came back. So he's probably in the best shape he's been in years, mentally and physically. So look out for uh, Oliver Ekman Larson uh, to be a difference maker. And the other guy I think that could be that guy in the center role down the road, the one, is Barrett Hayton. Uh, he won the World Junior Championship as a captain for, for Team Canada. He's gotten older. He's gotten more mature. He's gotten stronger. And he feels like he belongs now. So don't be surprised if uh, Barrett Hayton makes a, uh, a little move if the uh, Coyotes can get past uh, the Predators. Yeah, I'm really um, – I, I, 
I'm not what I I think Nashville's going to win this series, but I don't think it's going to be nearly as easy as people think. I, I think this is a five game series, uh, and and it's going to be nip and tuck, and it's going to go back and forth on a nightly basis. And again. Hey, look, we got to see where these teams are mentally. I can't wait till game one so I can put a label on these teams and say, okay, well, this is, you know, game one is how how much did John Hines and Rick Taka prepare us? And game two is how how good are the adjustments? After I get those two games under my belt, I know who you are at that point. So it is going to be, I, I don't know, and I'm still at a point, guys, where I don't know how much I can take from what I saw earlier from 70 games earlier and apply it to where it is now, because I just think you're going to find a bunch of guys that are in a different state mentally. Yeah, totally different. After this quarantine, the shutdown, not being on the ice. Yeah, I totally agree. They're going to be in a whole different headspace. Um, Okay. So you're picking Nashville in five. Um, I mean, We've got a couple other super interesting series here. What's another series that's going to interest you uh, from your standpoint that think is uh, going to have a lot of variables come into play for it? Well, I, I mean, of course, I'm always interested in what the Bruins are doing. I think that's a real interesting matchup against Philadelphia, who, you know, if people don't remember where the Flyers were at the end of the, you know, before quarantine, I mean, they were 9-1 and one in their last 10. They were playing as well as anybody in the league. And, you know, Chuck Fletcher has really put together a solid team there. But, you know, again, Bruce Cassidy (laughs) said this press conference today, hey, Bergeron and Marchand look great today. And he also (laughs) uh, said that Anders Bork uh, may have been the best player on the ice, which is good news because I feel like Boston, despite – the record, I think they're a little bit top heavy. So I do like to see some of those role guys, you know, get some props uh, and, you know, have Cassidy say that, that they look good. But, you know, for Boston, if the Krejci line could give them more than they did before COVID, I think that's going to make them even stronger as well. Uh, the one the one thing for the Bruins is I would be shocked if they didn't come into this with a little bit of their uh, chip on their shoulder after the St. Louis series last year. I don't think that ever sat well with them or tasted good to them. Um, I, and I think they've shown that this whole season, but um, I think they're going to, their first game against Philadelphia, I think they're going to have a, some, their hands filled, uh, filled with against the team like the Flyers, but uh, it's, it's tough for Boston. We'll see where the seedings uh, end up. I really like Philadelphia. I'm matter of fact, if, if I was somebody that, you know, bet futures, which I, I just don't, but, I really like Philadelphia, and it probably will be my selection from the East. I like it. Yeah, that's where I'm going to. Not necessarily for their play, but for their mascot, Gritty. Love that guy. That's exactly right. And, <laughs> and again, um, the the top two things that I measure is um, mascots and high schools. And um, perfect. So, so Philadelphia really is. There is no. There is no second place, honestly. Clear winner. I think it's a clear winner right now. We'll just call it. <laughs> All right. So we got we got a couple of minutes left with you, Dana. But tell me tell me a couple of different things. Uh, we talked about no home ice advantage, which is going to be unusual, but no fans in the seats. How difficult is that going to be initially for the team? Will they be able to just put it aside and, and go on, or will they miss that momentum that the fans bring? 
I, I mean, listen, how can you not? I mean, they're not even allowing us to buy cardboard cutouts and put them in the stands or like KBO. <laughs> I, I don't know if you've had the pleasure of watching KBO baseball, but <laughs> yeah, part, part of what they do is if you're if you got a couple seconds between pitches, if you peer between behind the catcher, there's anything from stuffed animals to Disney characters sitting in the stands. I don't know what's going on there, but I will tell you this. Uh, I, I played sports uh, right up until third grade, and I can tell you. <laughs> well, Wasn't that the point that you excelled to and then you just stepped away? Uh, I was crushing in kickball, I can tell you that. Um, but I do know in those two years of grandeur that the – we, we didn't have any fans either. So I had no problems crushing. And I think what they'll do is instead of feeding off the fans like they normally do, they'll feed off of each other. And believe me, you know, baseball players will tell you they don't even see the fans once the game starts. It's not even, you know, unless you're Ricky Henderson it, it, out in the outfield, which I remember as a kid in Yankee Stadium having constant dialogue with the fans. I, you know, if you're a pitcher and a catcher, I mean, they, they will tell you they zone everything out. It, it's not even, you know, intensity level. Yeah, maybe maybe it'll take a little bit to get going. But the disdain and the dislike on the ice will rue the day uh, soon enough, and they will create their own uh, excitement on the ice. Yeah, the NHL better be careful on uh, how much audio they have on that ice because we're going to get to hear <laughs> the real vocabulary from those players. I just want to hear the audio after Marshan takes a big lick, and I just want to hear what the reaction is because, <laughs> you know, I've always wondered when Brad's skating around the ice, I just wish I, I was inside his head saying, yeah, this is a good minute. This is a good moment. I am going to lick somebody in the face. I, I've never done that. I, I know in third grade I, I, you know, I thought about it once, and then I thought, yeah, this isn't good for my career, and it was a contract year for me, so I decided not to do it. Always take, yeah, always take the the um, the clean route when it's contract year. <laughs> right. Instead, I just reverted to flicking people in the air. I thought that was safer. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So let's wrap things up by giving us your two picks. You kind of alluded to one from the East, but who do you think is going to be in the Stanley Cup final? And uh, and then give us a plug as to how people can get onto the site and get your great information. Uh, sure, Scott. I, out of the West, uh, I know I'm going to be called a, a homer for this, but uh, the Knights have a lot of firepower up front um, with the Stassny and Carlson line. They're as good as anybody in the West. Uh, we saw that we see this team getting production from their fourth line. I mean, Ryan Reeves and Nosek have, uh, you know, Reeves, I think, has had five points in his last 10 games on the fourth line. Um, they were getting output from their defensemen, Alec Martinez and Shea Theodore. They had 15 points over the last 10 games. I'm just a lot of firepower from a lot of different places. The power play, especially the first unit, uh, is probably as good as any, any time since the team began. And, and also the factor that, the one thing I know about this organization is they love to bring people in to have a chip on their shoulder. And Pete DeBoer certainly uh, has ever. a chip on their show on his shoulder. And I, you know, as much as I hated to see Gerard Gallant go, the chip was off his shoulder. And 
in comes Pete DeBoer that was on fire because of, you know, obviously his team had nothing left after this series against against Vegas. They weren't going to beat St. Louis. And here's a guy that's never won a cup. Of course, he's won titles at, at lower levels, but he's never won a, won a Stanley Cup. And he's been there. He's been to a cup twice, and he's been to a concert, conference finals once. So I thought it was a right time for them to make that move and bring some guy in that really was hungry for a, for a Stanley Cup. So uh, the point about that is that gives him more time to work with his guys. I, I really think, especially with, with the goaltending combination there, this is a number one Corsi team in the, uh, in the National Hockey League. I think Philadelphia and the Golden Knights with Philadelphia winning the Stanley Cup. Wow, I love it. That's a great analysis. It's a hot take, guys. I like that, it. That is a, I think that would be really exciting on the path to get there and, and equally as exciting in the Stanley Cup final. Um, can Vegas take a second trip to the uh, Stanley Cup final on two losses? Can they handle that? Well, yeah. I'm I not mean, talking about the team. I'm talking about the fans. <laughs> well, the, the one good thing about it is we only have to sit on our counts to watch because uh, I don't right. think that they could lose it. They could take another loss, uh, you know, in their own arena. But uh, I, I really think, I mean, you look at everybody, and I know St. Louis is really focused too. Believe me, they're right there. Um, I love it. And just one other thing about from from a handicapping standpoint and you can apply this to any sport. Guys, watch these press conferences. Watch the way these players talk. Watch their body language. St. Louis's body language is fantastic right now, but there is incredible offensive depth, and, and they're even getting some numbers from the blue line as well, and this is a dangerous Vegas Golden Knights team, and I think Robin Leonard, you talk about a guy with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, if he does, it, it, it at the very least – He's going to do the very least he's going to do is push Mark Andre Fleury to be better than he was last year. Yeah, that's a fact. Um, okay, Dana, how do people get to the site and uh, and get your information directly? Well, my website is going to be up here in the next three to four days. We're building a brand new website because, uh, well, I had a lot of time to build a brand new website. <laughs> and. Why? So what I, are you doing for God's sake? I, un- I understand that aspect. <laughs> so it will be up here soon. We're just finalizing uh, a couple things. And then when it is up, it's going to be DanaLaneSports.com. Uh, you could also find me on pick, PickDogs.com right now. I'm starting up a new venture uh, with the folks over there, which I'm excited about. And Believe me, if you need to find me, just put me on Google and I'm all over the place. <laughs> and, and do one thing for us and, and for the folks over at UNLV and save that voice because we're all waiting to hear it when the, uh, the Rebels get back on the ice. <laughs> well, it's going to be interesting. Um, August 3rd, I understand, is when the league's going to make a, a choice on whether they're going to play or not. Um, it's If I'm being honest with you, it's very difficult to – believe or figure out at least how they will start on time. I mean, camp is going to basically start in a month and I just don't know how that is going to happen. And if they can't figure out, you know, if they can't figure it out in college football, which I know is a different sport, but you know, you're still looking at a, you know, hundred plus ACHA teams or, you know, close to that. I mean, that's a lot to figure out and not everybody is in the same boat. So I really feel like in order to, 
you know, have a legitimate national tournament at the end of the year, you got to play a legitimate season. And I just don't think everybody can do that at this point, but we'll see. Absolutely. Well, thanks for, thanks for joining us again. As always, I always appreciate when I can get you on because uh, you're so knowledgeable in everything that you do. And that's the end of the pass on the back. So get back to work and do something. <laughs> okay. Believe me, I'll just go downstairs, have a conversation with my wife and realize I am nothing more than that third grader in kickball class. <laughs> All right, folks, that's Dana Lane joining us from Dana Lane Sports and the voice of UNLV Rebel Hockey. Let's take another quick break. I'm Zach and I are going to come back and wrap things up with the uh, Pucks on the Pod trivia question brought to you by our friends at Summer Skates. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. One of my favorite memories is mountain biking with my dad. Barreling through the woods at full speed, bike tires bouncing off rocks. That was 25 years ago. What's crazy is today at 60, dad still does that. You know, he really made M-Drive for himself. He wanted an everyday supplement that would fuel his drive. Yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. He built M-Drive to support the body, building strength and energy from the inside out. We take M-Drive every day to fuel our drive with more energy and more strength. I think it's amazing what Dad built and amazing what he can still do today. In a lot of ways, he's still the guy from 25 years ago, and he's not slowing down. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. It's available at Walgreens, Walmart, GNC, Vitamin Shop, or visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just use the code DRIVE at checkout. Don't let your age beat you. You find your problem with M-Drive. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Phil Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson band? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player, or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. All right, we're back. Scott Strandy live from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, Zach Mondran from Chandler, Arizona. It's uh, it's still toasty, one, what, 10, one, nine, something like that, Zach. And, you know, Too when we're hot, talking hockey, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's just pure hot. You know, <laughs> we could have gone on for two hours. I, I knew when we bring Dana on that he's got so much information, but, you know, lots of great stuff there, but... It's time for the trivia question, so go ahead and fire away our Pucks on the Pod trivia question presented by our friends at Summer Skates. All righty. So since we're talking playoffs today, the trivia question involves the playoffs. So since the 1994 playoff format was introduced, who was the first eighth seed team in the Western Conference and the first eighth seed team in the Eastern Conference to compete in their respective conference championships ah i love it and you got a hint don't you you got a hint can you, you want to throw that hint out there or do you think that's too much um well their hint would be both of them are playing in this uh playoff 
this playoff ah. round is coming up. So both teams that are narrows involved. it down for you, folks. That narrows it down. Get to at Ice Time SW. Use the hashtag Pucks on the Pod. P O D Pucks on the Pod. Presented by Summer Skates. Get your answer in and win yourself a Summer Skates prize pack. The uh, new koozies are in. We're sending them out. People are liking them, and uh, of course, the t-shirts are always great. So. Get there. Uh, Zach, you got any final passing words before we uh, sign off for another week? Man, that hour just flew by. It sure did. Yeah, no. Um, I'm, uh, I like his picks for the Flyers and uh, and for the Golden Knights to be in the finals. Um, I Like I said, the Flyers, I, I think we talked about that, um, I don't know, maybe three, four podcasts ago when I had jumped on. But uh, they're a really solid team. And I mean, of course, the mascot. You know, you got to give them that for for uh, for a run at the cup. But um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how that plays out, and uh, we can go ahead and thank our uh, our lovely sponsors. If you want me to go ahead and run that real quick, jump right on. It's about time. All righty, perfect. So, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly was brought to you by Bell Ford, presenting partner of the new season and the Sunday special. The Arizona Ford Giant voted the best Ford dealer in Arizona by Arizona Business. Asked to see our friend Kevin Wood. Tell him Ice Time Hockey Southwest sent you. Cold beers and cheeseburgers. Between our long list of craft beers and fresh handcrafted made to order burgers, <laughs> who knows how many times you can order the same thing and never have the same thing twice. By OxyPow. Clean your gear, clean your skin. With all our natural cleaning products at OxyPow.com. Sprint. A brighter future for all. See Andre in Paradise Valley and Cactus and Tatum and let him find you the right deal. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Discover what we call barbecue, Las Vegas style. Call us at 1-702-541-5546 or go to jesseraysbarbecue.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. It's all about the butt. By Summer Skates. Shower shoes, koozies, and more. Show your game in comfort and style. Visit summerskates.com. Win your Summer Skates prize pack with the hashtag PucksOnThePod. Behind the Mask, where we will guarantee to match the authorized dealer price. Go to BehindTheMask.com for details and see what's new for the upcoming season. By College Bar and Grill. Call 1-480-588-6451. To pick up dinner on your way home, College Bar and Grill by ASU fans for ASU fans. Ice Time Ho- Ice Oceanside Ice Arena, home of the Devil's Hockey Shop for all your ASU hockey merchandise. Roger Klein's Tequila. Go to TheMexicanMoonshine.com. Find the award-winning taste for your style. Buy M-Drive. Go to MDriveForMen.com. Use the promo code IceTimeSouthwest at checkout for 20% off. M-Drive for Energy, Stamina, Recovery. By Iceden, Scottsdale, and Chandler. Check your website for skating availabilities. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly and all our Ice Time Hockey Southwest podcasts are live every week on Podbean app and available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, it's part of the Ice Time Hockey Southwest Network. All right, we wore you out on it. (laughs) (laughs) Congratulations on another great show. Better and better every week. That's the goal here. We just keep improving. And at least now we've got NHL hockey games to talk about for the foreseeable future. After this playoff run is over, they're going to jump right into training camp for the next season and then right on from there to, uh, to a regular season that we hope will be uninterrupted 
from the COVID-19. So mask up, be safe, folks. Stay inside when you can. Thanks to Dana Lane for joining us. Thanks to my co-host, Zach Bondran, for uh, jumping in and, and filling the role of the co-host on Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Roger Klein of the Peacemakers will take us away with a little De Niro, and we'll say goodnight until next week.